This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. Hi, it's Casey, and I'm absolutely over the moon, crazy gaga about a children's book, a children's book that made me cry. And I must say, it's joyful, joyful tears, because it brought back so many memories, and it's just such a beautiful idea. And, you know, we'll get into all that. But first, I want you to meet the author. Perhaps you've heard of her, New York Times bestseller, Kelly Corrigan. Well, I've written four books for adults, uh, The Middle Place and Tell Me More and a couple others. And then I have been on the radio and podcasting for a while now with a show called Kelly Corrigan Wonders, which is kind of long-form conversations with people like Margaret Atwood and George Saunders, Amanda Quinlan. And then most recently, I tried my hand at television with PBS last fall. We did a three-episode pilot with Brian Stevenson, Jennifer Garner, and James Corden. And then we'll be back on the air this fall. And that show is called Tell Me More with Kelly Corrigan. Um, But I had also, in the middle of all this, been giving graduation speeches. And a woman who was an editor at Random House noticed that the New York Times had published this this graduation speech I gave. And she said, I think you, you have a children's book or two in you. I think that you have really big ideas that could be expressed specifically for children with illustrations that could be really high impact. And if you were to try, what would you want to say? And I said, oh, that's so funny. I've never thought about that before, but I am, I, I have thought specifically about the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You Will Go, because although I totally love Dr. Seuss, I... I don't think that message, it doesn't resonate for me. The, the idea that your life is one long solo journey of depths and great heights where hopefully you have some crowning achievement that puts you atop a pedestal for one is not at all what I would want to say to a kid. What I want to say to a kid is, oh, the people you will know. Mm-hmm. And I want kids to know and adults to that everywhere you look, every person you're interacting with has a childhood and a set of dreams and someone they miss and some part of them that hurts and someone they're trying to be just like when they grow up. And it, all that information is incumbent upon you to ask questions so that you can learn about who you're talking to. Kelly Corrigan, Hello World. Wow, this takes a child's focus off themselves and and gives them, makes their eyes so much bigger. Every single person now becomes a universe to explore. This is beautiful. That's exactly how I think of it. That's exactly how I think of it. And, you know, I got this from my dad, so the book is dedicated to my dad. And he was a guy who was like Pete at the gas station and Candy at the dry cleaners and Tara at the deli. Like, he knew them and he knew things about them. And if Tara was wearing a Penn State sweatshirt, he'd be like, Tara, are you going to go to Penn State when you grow up? And she's like, no, I want to go to 
a little college. What kind of college? Oh, like Swarthmore. What are you going to study at Swarthmore? I'm gonna, I, I love reading books, so maybe I'll study English. And then, you know, for the rest of time, when he went to the deli, he'd say, Tara, you applying to Swarthmore next year? Tara, you read any good books I should read? Mm-hmm. And they're in this tiny relationship. But those tiny relationships, which like social science calls weak ties, are actually really critical to our sense of well-being. And I think a reason why the pandemic's been so hard is that we've been separated from our little network of ties, like the people we commute with or the people we buy our coffee from. You know, little people you see in and out of every day. And if you know those people's names and a couple things about them and, and that's reciprocated, the world feels like a safe and friendly place. And if you are moving alone in the world, heads down on the way to your great achievement, the world feels like a competitive place, a place where everybody's out to themselves. And I just don't think that's the truth. I don't believe that that's the case. And I so, But I believe that it's incumbent upon each of us to approach the world in a certain way, which is to say with curiosity. Kelly Corrigan, the children's, the beautiful children's book is called Hello World. What did you say social science calls these weak ties? Yeah, that, that's what they're called. There's all this research on the value of weak ties, which are these just this tiny network of people that we sort of bounce around. It's like the outer ring. And, you know, in the pandemic, we've just been totally separated from those people. But in communities where everybody knows each other's name and a couple things about one another, Those communities are safer and better. So if you think about society, like it's important actually, and and it's our nature. I mean, it's it's human nature to want to create ties and to create sort of a a circle of safety, a, a tribe, if you will. And tribalism has such a bad name. It has so many horrible connotations. But we could decide that we're going to create new tribes, that we're going to include new people in our tribes, and that... And that, as you say, it's so energizing to be focused on the other person, and it's so exhausting to live a life where all you think about all day long is you. Uh, Kelly Corrigan, we just have a few minutes left. So the book is about a little girl who's off, and she's traveling, and she's meeting people, and that's lovely. And I'm going to let the readers and listeners discover that on their own. The questions in the back of the book are brilliant. Written on balloons. What makes someone smart? What does love feel like? If you had a store, what would it sell? These are all great conversations, starters, to open up a kid's mind. And I would like you to write a second book, please, (laughs) for children with more of these questions, questions that parents could ask their children to to broaden their worldview. And I I just think it's brilliant. So thank you. No, I'm so grateful. It's, It's cool that I feel like you totally get it and that we're birds of a feather, you and I. I'm not embarrassed to say I got tears in my eyes, Kelly Corrigan, so thank you. Oh, uh, you're so cute. Yeah, you're so it's cute. It's true. It's true. I, I um, just love the book. Now tell everybody where c- they can get the book and where they can find more about you. So you can just go to kellycorrigan.com and you'll see everything about the podcast, the TV stuff, the books, and then Hello World is available everywhere books are sold. I know. Totally fangirled out again. But the book Hello World... This beautiful children's book is really something special. And those weak ties she talked about. My dad passed away, I think, 13 years ago. But in his later years, he would go to the AMP. Remember the AMP? Yes. 
Dad would go to the AMP just about every day, and Nancy Salvatore worked there. And every time Nancy saw my dad, now Nancy's my age, we were in school together. Every time Nancy saw my dad, they would have like this wonderful conversation. It was just loving friendship erupted, you know? And I remember if I was ever at the AMP with my dad, sometimes I'd feel embarrassed, like, oh God, he's the guy that's gotta talk to everybody. But you know, it made him happy. And I think it made other people happy to share these moments with him. And then, in my small town of Replank at the post office, Sandy and Patty worked behind the desk, and they were both local girls. Sandy and Patty were so good to my dad, you know, when he was in his probably 80s and maybe his health wasn't that great. Um, He would walk up to the post office every day. Yes, my town is so small. They don't deliver the mail. We have to go get it. Uh, And every day there'd be a conversation with Sandy and Patty. And it made me feel so good that he had those connections. You know, those people that you see every day that you can't wait to see. And I feel this way about the people who call into the radio station. Now, when I work my morning show, Monday through Friday, 5 to 10, we don't do a lot of call-in talk, although I would like to do more. Uh, But I'm not in charge of that. (laughs) But um, I do get a few minutes with the callers, especially when you call in to win something. And when the phones are still ringing, you may have heard me tell this story before. So we've already given away the prize, but the phones are still ringing. I go back to every phone and I say, thank you for calling. We did get our winner. Have a nice day. You know, and they're like, oh, thank you. (laughs) We have this little nanosecond of of communication and it's like a little high five and when I do get the winner on the phone when I'm taking down their information it that's another time for us to just connect and I can always tell if I've spoken not always most of the time tell if I've spoken to that listener before you know I'll remember a little something anyway uh, those types of interactions mean the world to me I'm really not a social person I'm not If you see me at a big party, I can't wait to go home. But um, I really didn't mind staying home for a year, not putting on Spanx during 2020. But those little interactions, those little moments of love mean the world to me. So wouldn't it be great if we could introduce that to our children, to let children know that every person is filled with all kinds of beautiful things. I have a new neighbor, a new family moved next door to me, and they have a little two-year-old boy. And the way the houses are situated, when I'm on my back deck, like they can, I'm looking right out their front door. We're like, I'm elevated and I can see them coming and going. I'm sure they love that. But the little boy was looking out the window uh, the other day and he just kept saying, hi, 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 you know, uh, just delighted me and I said hi back and okay that's the story hello world Kelly Corrigan a children's book that just delighted me I think you can tell all right so we're going to stay with this theme we're going to stay with the theme of children but we're going to look at it from the parents view Our guest now is Inat Nathan, a parenting expert, best-selling author of My Everything. She called in from Israel. She has a degree in law from Tel Aviv University. 
and also certified by the Adler Institute and Ministry of Education for Parental Instruction and Group Instruction. She's got five kids. The book, My Everything, The Parent I Want to Be, The Children I Hope to Raise. How did this book come to be? My life, my everything. No, mm. Seriously, my, this book is my everything, and I'm a mother of five children, and I've been a parenting expert for the last almost 20 years. This is my everything. I mean, this book, every word in it, it's, it's a kind of a combination of a personal diary and a parenting manual. You, do you know the, the know-it-all experts that we look at and, and try to figure out what their lives really look like or what they really think about their children or what are their struggles and are they really put together as they perform it to be? So I put in all my vulnerabilities and shame and complex issues with my children. Of course, I combined it with my professional knowledge, but I found that this was the most effective way to talk to parents today anyway, because because nowadays parents, I think that the know-it-all experts make them feel a little guilty or like there's something wrong with their children. So they're searching for for another voice. Hmm. Well, we're happy to have your voice. What do you think your children would think of this book? Have they read it? Are they of age to read it? They have. When they were younger, I used to read chapters for them in order for them to approve and in order for us to have, you know, just an open conversation about what they think of my interpretation of their viewpoint. But I think I think they're very proud that their mom just took on the mission of being the secret interpreter of the inner world of children in order to improve relationship with parents. Beautiful. How can you tell or what should you do when you have a child who is closed off, quieter, keeps to themselves in the room with the headphones on frequently? How do you reach that child or should you just let them be? Uh, I guess your question is referring to teenagers because, you know, parents of young children are just waiting for a slight second that they would go somewhere <laughs> and, and and be in the room. But I, I think we, what we misunderstand in the lives of teenagers is that the whole performance of leave us alone or let us be or stop talking to us or you're embarrassing us the whole the whole show of you know we we don't need you anymore is just a show and we forget that 30 minutes ago they were our everything and we were their gods mm-hmm. and we used to you know, praise them and take pictures of them and woo them. And the teenagers won't let us know that they're actually wishing for us, A, to be there, B, to still 
woo them and, and, and love them and see them for their greatness and also let them have the space of privacy. So it's a complicated answer. It's, it's neither let them be or, you know, just swim up their veins with our agendas. Mm-hmm. It's something in between. Right. Swim up their veins with our agendas. <laughs> Kids are saying, That's I know what we usually do, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how, how much time in a, in a life, in a parent's lifetime, do parents feel like they've gotten it wrong? I think most of the time. I think most of the time. Something that, that, that people don't talk about, but parenting is a very difficult job. You know, there's no paycheck at the end of the month. No one sends you flower. You don't even get a recognition letter of how well you've performed. You only have the test case of the, 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 the day-to-day struggle. And I think that today's parents are much lonelier because if we would have been raising children in the tribe or in the village, there would be this grandmother, this wise person, this support system that would take off guilt and shame from parents and, 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 and normalize, you know, day-to-day situations or struggles that we're having. But we have Instagram and we have perfect moms and we have all these, you know, uh, uh, abundance of information and experts and, and and we have a fantasy of doing doing it all and and, and making it work and life is not <laughs> life is not about that and children are the best psychotherapy we can ever get children are the best psychotherapy we can ever get how so i think they push all our buttons I think they 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 confront us with you know the fears that we carry from our original families from the trigger they they, they push our triggers they they make us you know go on this journey of of improving of getting better of putting our egos aside and just concentrating on on the job or on the relationship or on their development and it's 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 hard but the moments our joy are amazing right right that's the payback the moments of joy yeah enat yeah. nathan am i saying your name right enat nathan yes you are beautiful yeah, beautiful very good. um it's really nice to talk to you talk to the parents who feel like they've blown it maybe you know they got just in a bad way with one of their children and they want to make amends or make a repair there's always hope to try again right of course Think about relationship in general. You know, it's 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 a long-term relationship, and just like relationships, if we put in the the the, the true uh, focus on the right things, and we prioritize or we let go of you know all the struggles that we thought were important and now we feel like you know there's 
there's the, the price is too high or the ex- expectations were 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 too high or we're 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 just paying the price of you know children react in behaviors when a child doesn't get emotionally the space that he needs he will act it out i love the word acting out you know the tantrums They are the, the, the simple example. The toddler having a tantrum is a toddler saying to us, "Okay, you didn't understand. You didn't get me. So I'm going to act it out for you. Mm. It's going to be vocal. It's going to be loud. You're not going to have a nice time, but until you acknowledge what I need, I will go on and on. And I think that they are amazing, our children, because they never give up. You know, I talk to parents that, 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 that have mothers and fathers and are just waiting for a good word, you know, and their parents, they're 40-year-olds, they're 50-year-olds, and they're looking for reassurance or, 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 or a correction of their relationship with their parents. Right. So it's never ending, and it's very optimistic. Yeah, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. All right, Inat, it is so great to talk to you. My everything, the parent I want to be, the children I hope to raise. I love how you paint this beautiful picture of how the children are growing and changing. The parents are as well. The parents are as well. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Please uh, just give a little bit of advice for all the parents listening today with children of any age. What's the best thing they could do to improve their relationship? In general? Yeah. I think that we are wired to see what's lacking or what's missing. Okay? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mechanism that used to save us from per- predators. And we, we go around this world or around our house just noticing what's wrong and what's not working. And we think by mistake that our job is to correct them or to reprimand them or to uh, make them face consequences or boundaries. And I think just by, you know, figuring this equation from the other side that what children need is the acknowledgement from us for what is working, for what their powers or traits, even when they're not at its best. Because the world would not improve or, or, or say praise for everything that they have. So we are kind of their mothership or gas station. And they need us to be the people that see their good side, that really can encourage them in a way that they would grow to believe in themselves. And actually, you know, the basic mechanism of motivation is so dependent in the first few years on our belief that it's working, that they're gonna get there, our excitement, something that we put emotionally into the picture. And when they grow up, we, we go to criticism too fast. So I think just, just changing the equation and figuring out that education is not correcting them or 
putting them under pressure, but it's more seeing their source of power and looking with a magnifying glass for what they do have instead of what they don't have. I think that would be my greatest tip. Beautiful. Perfect. All right. I've got to let you go. But before I do, please tell people where they can find out more about you. MyEverythingBook.com. And the book is practically everywhere. Mother's Day is near. And we wish moms everywhere all good things for sure. Hi, it's Casey. And Mother's Day is opening day for me. The market on the river, a farmer's market that I started last year as a pandemic project, is now moving to the riverfront, Cortland Riverfront Park, 45 Riverview Avenue. The park is exquisite, and no one knows it's there, which is why the town of Cortland doesn't mind me using it for my farmer's market. They'd like people to know about this pristine patch of park on the Hudson River. Direct access. You just pull over park and you could just walk your little toesies right into the river if you wanted to. It's phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping to have a little healer's village, the market, so we can get together. We'll have speakers. We've got a drum circle coming up May 16th. We had our final Sunday at 11 Zoom call for this season. And then we'll get back to the Sunday Zooms in the fall. But meanwhile, I'm going to have speakers. So come and let's get together in person if you can. And of course, you can always join a circle of women on Facebook if you're looking for a little inspiration anytime. All right. Our thought for the day is from novelist and social critic James Baldwin, who said, Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.